Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hey, y'all. It is good to see you. Thanks for being here this morning. Um, I know it takes a choice. It takes your time. Um, it takes a decision to come here and spend your Sundays with us, and I'm so glad that you do. Uh, my name's Kara. My husband, who was playing acoustic back here, um, he and I have been coming to Westwoods. This has been our church family for many years now. I think eight, eight or nine years at this point. And, and we just love this place. And it's a pleasure and a true joy to be part of the teaching team. Um, just know that it's, it's a joy for me, and it's also a challenge to take what I have in my journal and what the Lord's teaching me and to bring it here and share it with all of you. But I'm super glad, and it's a pleasure to be able to do that. This morning, we're going to spend a little time talking about can you afford the life that you have? Um, that's a question that I've been wrestling with for the last few months, and I wanted to share it all with you this morning, and, and maybe you can relate. Um, can I afford the life that I have? And first I ask, what does it mean to be able to afford something? What, what does that mean? And when you look it up in the dictionary, that means to have enough resource to be able to pay the cost and not run out. Um, that might look like the value that I'm giving up is less than the value that I receive. At the end of the day, what I'm bringing in exceeds what I'm giving and that means I'm left with a profit at the end of the day. That means that my spending decisions on a day-to-day -day basis, whether that be with my finances, maybe that means with my time and my energy, maybe that means with my strength or my knowledge, at the end of the day, the spending decisions that I make result in a profit. So again, that means that my income, less what it's costing me, leaves me with extra at the end of the day. And Resources are an interesting thing. I know when we ask this question, at least my default is to think about money, finances. Am I making more than I spent? Do I have money left over at the end of the day to put into savings or to have discretionary income and do extra stuff? Um, but resources go beyond just our money. It's everything that we have at our disposal. That can look like our time. That can look like our health, our relationships. Um, I've got a list of these on the slide up behind me. That can look like the skills that we've been uniquely equipped with. That may be our knowledge, our strength, our power. Do we leverage the power that we have to help others or do we leverage it to increase our own power? Um, that can look like our emotions also. If um, the, the resource that we have in the joy that the Lord gives us um, and how do we share that with others. When I look at this list of resources and when I look at scripture, the interesting thing is that I view all this as being mine. It's my time, it's my money. I've gotta do these things to, to do what I need to in life, right? But the interesting piece is that our resources are not our own. Everything that we have is given to us by the Lord. In Deuteronomy, we see this verse. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So it's so important when we're looking at all of those resources and saying, this is my time, this is my money, I've worked really hard for this, this is what I've earned, this is what I deserve. It's so important to remember that all of the resources that we have are really a gift from the Lord. It is because of him that we have the ability to gain knowledge. It's because of him that we have the skills um, that are unique to each of us as individuals. It's because of him that we have the ability to produce wealth and to earn a profit. 
Um, in Psalms, we also see this verse, Psalm 24:1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So that's just a, another reference point to keep in mind when we're thinking about the resources that we have in this beautiful world that we live in and everything that's around us. The earth is his. He's our creator. He imagined it. He designed it. He put it in place. And we have access to it every day. And it's because of a good, merciful, loving, creative, extravagant father that we can have all of these things. So that leads me to another question, which is if all of my resources are the Lord's, then what does that mean? What, what part of it is mine? And I think what it means, the only thing that's actually mine is the choice in how I use those resources. If the Lord has given me all of these things that are at my disposal, then the only thing that actually belongs to me is the choice. He leaves us the choice, right? You have this asset or this home or that money or that time or this skill. How are you using it? And that's where he's constantly inviting us in to partner with him for the kingdom, right? To use the things that he's given us to make, to make the choice in how we spend it. Um, I heard someone say recently that every spending decision is a spiritual decision. And that was used in the context of finances, but I think when we look at it in this context of all of our resources, it's still true. Every spending decision is a spiritual decision because everything that we have is the Lord's and he's given us the choice and how we use it. So the first one, the first resource that I wanna dive into a little bit deeper is money, which I know everyone in this room is gonna like cringe a little bit, like, ugh, I did not come to church this morning to talk about finances. Um, but unfortunately for everyone else, I'm an accountant, and, <laughs> and they gave me the microphone and the power of the slides today. Um, so we're gonna talk about this just a little bit. Like I said, my, my background is in accounting. My husband's background is in finance. So this topic is a little bit easier for us. I know it's not easy for everybody. Um, and so just as we, as we go through this, give me a little bit of grace. Um, you all might recognize this meme. If not, it's Richard from Tommy Boy and he's saying, my fellow nerds and I will retire to the nerdery with our calculators. And that's kind of how I feel um, talking about money with all of you. I'm just gonna play the role of the nerd right now. Um, but when we look at finances and when we look at money, it's so important, like I said, to remember that the wealth and the income that we earn is because of the Lord. He's the one who gives us the ability to be able to earn any kind of income, to bring anything in. And there's a really, really great class. So my husband and I, when we got engaged, um, decided as part of our premarital counseling to take a class called Financial Peace University. You've maybe heard of it. Um, it's, it's facilitated or taught by Dave Ramsey, and it's a nine-week program. It really teaches you to learn how to talk about finances in a personal structure. So we have college and career that have taught us how to be able to talk about other people's money. And then we took FPU and that helped teach us how to talk about our money together, the money that the Lord blessed us with and how to manage it appropriately. And it's a phenomenal class. Um, we really enjoyed that. So when we look at, <laughs> everybody get ready for the next slide. This is part of the accountant and the nerd that's coming out. There's going to be a graph. I know. Okay, so when, when we look at this waterfall graph, I know this doesn't speak to everybody, but the Lord can speak through a good waterfall graph, okay? Um, so this is a waterfall graph. What we have on the left side over here are all of the ways that we can bring in money. So just hypothetically, I might have some 
I might have a small business and some business earnings. I might have a side hustle selling lemonade at the end of my driveway on the weekends. So I'm going to bring in some money from my side hustle. I might have a garage sale and sell off some extra stuff that I don't think I need anymore. And I've got my paycheck at the end of the day. So in the middle, this is my total income. I've got $50, $50 of income. Then I have costs. So the first category being giving, we believe that it's really important to take the income that we're earning and give some of it back through offering to the church, through nonprofits that we're really passionate about, through helping others in our sphere of influence that are going through a hard times. So we've got giving, we've got our basic needs, that's our food, our housing and utilities and clothing. And then, I mean, if, if you're a true Colorado native, you know that tomorrow's game five of the Nuggets NBA Finals, so obviously I'm going to spend some money and go to the Nuggets game. Just kidding. Those, those tickets are crazy expensive, so I don't know if anyone's actually... This is my hypothetical world. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm left over with profit. I've got money. If you're taking FPU, they say you should give every single dollar a name, so that might mean my $20 left over is going to savings. It might be going to investments. Maybe there's other discretionary things that I want to do because I've got leftover left money, and that's, that's great. And some of you are like, Kara, that is pie in the sky. Nobody's finances are that easy. You can't go to the Nuggets game and have profit left over. Um, so I want to invite all of you. We're going to be teaching, we're going to be facilitating a Financial Peace University course here at Westwoods this fall. Um, it's been a couple of years since we've done it. And so if you're a student and you're like, hey, I really want to get a handle on how to structure my personal finances for going through school and getting out of school. Um, if you're newly engaged, I highly recommend it. Again, Luke and I did it as part of our premarital counseling. Um, it's wonderful get, for giving you and your future spouse a common language and get you comfortable talking about money because money can be kind of an intimate conversation. Um, and it's hard to talk about with each other at first. Um, so yeah, if that's something that's interest, of interest to you, please write FPU on your cards. There are cards around you. Um, we would love to gauge interest. Again, we're going to wait until after the summer, because I know everybody goes on vacations, has other plans. Um, so we're going to start it up this fall, but we would love to invite all of you. If that's, if that's of interest to you, please write FPU on your card. We'll reach out. Um, but so that's, that's the financial side. Um, and one of the questions I had in my journal as I was thinking about finances and all of the other resources I have available to me, I also wrote down, have I prepared for the life that I have spiritually with the same urgency and level of priority that I've prepared financially? Again, finances come a little bit more easily for me. That's how my brain is wired. But I don't know that I've spent the time with my other resources that I've prepared for those other things in the same way, with the same urgency and the same level of priority as I have financially. So that's the next resource that I want to dive into this morning is our spirit, our soul, which is also a gift to us from the Lord. And how do you, how do you measure spiritual profit when we're talking about affordability and whether or not I have left over? There's not a bank account I can go look at to say, oh yeah, I've got 20 bucks left after I went to the Spiritual Nuggets game. Um, we, there's not that same structure. There's not that same, uh, that same process in place. I don't have that same common language that I can sit down and talk to my spouse about and evaluate my incomes and my expenses. Um, but this is something that I found. I'll ask you all to grab your Bible that's around you. 
And flip to this one with me, because we're going to mark it up a little bit. 2 Timothy, and if you're using the Bible that's in the chairs around you, it's page 833. And by the way, if you don't have a Bible at home, or if you like this one and you're going to take notes in it today, please feel free to take this Bible home with you. It's yours to keep if you would like it. But we're going to turn to 2 Timothy, page 833, verse 16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'd love for you guys to circle the word useful. I've got it on the slide up behind me, but the, the version that I have at home, it's a slightly different translation of the Bible. The way this verse reads actually says, all scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. Um, so I've circled up useful, and I've just drawn an arrow and written in the margin, profitable in my Bible. Profitable, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So what that's telling me is that spending time in Scripture, Scripture which is God-breathed, any time that I'm doing that, any time I'm spending time in my relationship with the Lord, I'm going to earn a profit. The cost that I'm giving up, maybe it's my time, maybe it's doing something else that I wanted to do today, the time that I am spending in Scripture is profitable. I will end up with more than what I had to give. There's another verse in Romans when we're looking at, hey, how, what, what do these spiritual things look like? Our, I want to point out our spiritual gifts. Romans 12 if you want to flip there with me also, page 790. So it's just a few pages before 2 Timothy, starting at verse 6. We all have different gifts according to the grace. Grace, by the way, is when I get what I do not deserve. Grace is the Lord giving me gifts that I didn't earn. There's nothing I could do differently to get more of or less of. It is simply a gift from our good and loving Father, grace. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So I know that all scripture is God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, training, and righteousness. And I know that the Spirit gives all of us gifts when we are uniquely equipped to do every good work. And those gifts can look like prophesying, encouraging. So I'm going to take our financial waterfall and give us a spiritual waterfall. For me, it helps me like quantify and visualize it this way. So every, uh, another graph. Uh, it's the exact same waterfall we had before, but... The things that I will be getting value from or what I'm offering and I'm receiving income from in, in uh, exchange for, teaching, rebuking, correcting, prophesying, giving, leading, those are all the things that we'll see on the left side of our waterfall, waterfall chart, how we're building up spiritual income. And then we're going to have costs. We're going to have time. We're going to have money. Um, I've got a column up here called the world is rough. Like there's just stuff, hard stuff out there. Um, it might be scary things in the news. It might be really hard situations at home or with personal relationships. Those things can be a draw on our, on our souls and on our spirits. And so um, that's in there as a cost. Um, but I want to remind you that scripture, God-breathed, 
useful, it's profitable. At the end of the day, we should be left with some spiritual profit, right? If, if what this says is true, that the time I'm spending with the Lord is profitable, that means that the value is always gonna exceed the cost. But I think it's, it doesn't always feel that way, right? Like sometimes, um, sometimes it's not always the case. How, and how do I know? How do I know if I've got spiritual profit out at the end of the day? I think it takes some intentional time with the Lord. It takes looking in the mirror a little bit and asking him, um, how, do I, how do I measure this? How, how am I with God at the end of the day? Um, I think there's one way we can try to quantify it, which is by the fruits of the Spirit. Um, in Galatians, if you guys want to flip with me there also, this is Galatians 5, page 813, starting at verse 22. The fruits of the Spirit. When I think of fruits, that means the things that I'm producing. It's, it's what you can see evidenced from, from my life, the things that are tangible. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which also means patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So when I'm trying to sit down and check in with God and say, how am I doing? Like, where am I at? It's, and it's not in a scorecard kind of way. I'm not saying, hey, God, give me a grade at the end of the day. This is day-to-day living, and how's, how is my spirit? Am I seeing love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, self-control? Maybe you do see some of those things, and that's fantastic. And what I want to say is if you're looking at this and you're like, yeah, I get it. That makes sense. I'm there. I've got leftover. I've got profit, and I'm good to go. God calls us to run our race. If you're in a season of excess and in your spirit, you feel this overflow and an abundance, it's your time to shine. It is your time to take that and run and be a wonderful influence for the the spheres that the Lord has put you in. That's your family, that's your friends, that's your coworkers, that's the people you encounter on a day-to-day life. That's the church. That's the things that we are investing in and that we we are trying to be the church and share Jesus with the world, right? If you've got that excess, it's time. God's equipping you. Um, So do it. Do it diligently. Do it faithfully. Answer the call. Go where he's calling you. Um, I know that's not the case for everybody. I know, um, again, I'm going to show you this next one. Maybe that world is tough column is just huge, and it is sucking all of your excess away, and at the end of the day, when you're checking in with the Lord, you just feel this weightiness, this heaviness. Maybe you feel totally depleted and exhausted and like you've given more than you had to give. And that in, in a financial situation is stressful. Having tons of creditors and being in a lot of debt, that can come with some stress and some weight. I think we can be in that same, sp- same position spiritually where we've taken on debts that we probably shouldn't have and it can be scary and it can be exhausting. Um, what does, that, what does that look like? Maybe it's just part of the season. Maybe you've got five kids and a puppy, Joe and Sarah Brooks, that you're chasing around and you just feel weary. <laughs> and that's, that's totally okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're in spiritual debt. That just means you've got a lot going on. Um, so how do you really know if you're in spiritual debt? I'm, I'm going to open us back up to Galatians. We're going to jump up a couple of verses. 
to verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. Verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. If you're taking an account of your life and you're seeing more of this, if you're feeling the weightiness of hatred and jealousy and selfish ambition in your life, that's a hard place to be. And I'm just going to challenge you to really spend some time with the Lord there. Um, in the financial world, if we were in debt, we would say, how are, some, how are some ways or what are some ways that we can boost our income? And at the same time, what are some ways that we can cut out some of those unnecessary costs? So how would we do that spiritually? I'd, I'd recommend spending way more time with the Lord. Spend way more time in your Bible and building your relationship with him. That's how we're going to boost our income. But there might be some stuff going on in your life that's time to cut out. And that can be hard to do. It's hard to identify those things and trim them out. But I think that's going to be important for us to get back to a place of having some spiritual profit. And that's going to be up to you guys. And by the way, no one's perfect. It can be hard to do. It can be challenging to do. And none of us do it perfectly. And that's okay. Um, and I think there's another... Another situation, maybe you're looking at that list and you're like, everything's gone. That, that column for the world is rough and the weightiness of what's going on in the world. Maybe all that stuff is totally out of your control. And you're sitting here saying, I am right with God. I've been doing everything that I'm supposed to do. Um, I know and I trust him for everything. And yet I have nothing left at the end of the day. There's an example of that in scripture. I want you guys to, to jump with me to, to Job. Um, one of the verses that the Lord says is, have you considered my servant Job? Uh, just, to, just to set the stage here on page 350, I'm going to start at the very beginning. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants, and he was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Job is killing it, you guys. He's doing everything right. The left side of his waterfall chart is sky high, and there's no bringing him down, right? Um, I'd encourage everyone to go back and read Job. It, it can be a little bit difficult to understand. I've read through it a handful of times preparing for this weekend, and I'm still like, I don't totally get it. Um, but the summary section at the very top of the chapter is, is really, really helpful for getting the point across. Um, but what happens to Job is he ends up losing absolutely everything. First, all of his animals, then his children, his family's completely destroyed, and he's got nothing left as far as assets go. And then beyond that, he then loses his health and he is dying on the side of a street and some friends try to come in and console him and they're like, hey dude, you probably screwed up somewhere. Like you need to get right with God. You've been doing some bad stuff. And Job is like, I didn't do anything wrong. And, and we know that from scripture because the Lord says, Job is an upright man. He is blameless 
He fears God and shuns evil. God says that about Job. So we know Job hasn't actually done anything wrong, and yet he has lost everything you could possibly lose. And he is on his deathbed on the side of the streets, shunned by society, just crying out to have a hearing with the Lord. He says, here I am. I don't understand what's happening, but I know that God is good, and I know that his understanding far surpasses mine, and I just want to be able to talk to God and understand what's going on. He was left asking this question of, can you afford the life that you have? And I think the really, really simple answer when we are asking, like I'm gonna strip away everything else that we've talked about already. When you ask, can you afford the life that you have? The really simple answer is just no. No. And if, if I were all of you, and like I asked myself, wrote it in my journal, like why did I just spend all this time telling you about how to boost your income and decrease your expenses if at the end of the day the answer is just no. You can't afford the life that you have. I want us to consider Job. The resources that we have are a gift from the Lord, and when we have those resources, every spending decision is a spiritual decision. But what happens when all of those resources go away? They aren't actually in our control. They're not actually ours. If they go away, um, and not because we've done anything wrong, right? The most important resource that we have left is our salvation. It's our relationship with God. And this is an option that we have that Job didn't necessarily have in the day when he was on his deathbed just crying out for a hearing with God. You guys, God already paid the highest price. When life got too heavy and we couldn't afford any of it, God paid the ultimate cost. He's the only one who can afford any of it. He sent his perfect, blameless, upright, only son, Jesus, who paid the ultimate price to wipe out all of our sins, to wipe out all of the weight of the world. And at the end of the day, when everything else is gone, the most important resource we have is our salvation. If all of my resources are the Lord, the only thing that's actually mine is the choice in how I use those resources. So the resources that you have today, the ones that the Lord has gifted you, by no no accord of your own, right? Like it's not perfection. It's not grit your teeth and try harder and just get through because these resources are gifts of grace. We're getting things that we don't necessarily deserve. The spending decisions that we make today, this is what I want us all to understand. The spending decisions that we make are spiritual decisions and it's not about today. The spending decisions that we make are about eternity. And where you spend it is really, really important. Pray with me. Lord, thanks so much for this day. Thanks so much for this group of people. Um, thank you for giving us the freedom to choose and for making yourself available to us when we have questions. Lord, I ask that you would just continue speaking through this this week. Um, and as we go to make choices, that we would check in with you, Holy Spirit, that we would check in with you. Um, help us to recognize that those spending decisions that we make are spiritual decisions too. Thank you for the grace that you give us to mess up. Thank you for always calling us back and for loving us no matter what. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.